first down and 10 coming from the 23 of Towson. Fordham with the ball driving left to right. Niebert gets the ball. Play action. He looks over the middle. He throws deep up the left side. Caught at the three and going into the end zone is Nishala for the score. Touchdown Fordham. 6.32 to go in the second. And Fordham drives 89 yards down the field to make it 21-13. Joe Sullivan to snap. Pavlik two yards off the white line at the back of the end zone to punt fourth and 25 from the Fordham four. Great snap. Not a lot of pressure. He gets it away. It's a high spiraling punt. Calling fair catch. Dowling at the 50. He dives forward. He lost the football. And Fordham's on it at the 47 of Towson. The official is pointing Fordham's way as he points. It is Fordham football. Niebrick with Kuntz on his right. Trey to the left. He gets the football. He's looking. He's looking. He throws it up into the end zone for Brian Wetzel, who makes the catch as he's drilled on the play. It is a touchdown, 20 yards. 9.13 to go in the fourth quarter, and Fordham makes it 42-27 Tigers with the extra point on the way. And we welcome you to our final edition of Monday Night Quarterback for the 2013 season. A lot coming up for you. Brett Beestick will be joining us along with Stephen Hodge offensively inside the huddle. We're going to have on Sam Ajala and Michael Niebrick, who had tremendous seasons for Fordham. We're also going to have David Blackwell, Fordham's defensive coordinator, joining myself, Nick Legerfo. But first, we join Fordham football head coach Joe Moorhead for the first time here today. And coach, obviously a bit disappointing to fall the way you did to Towson in the FCS playoffs, but... Looking back at it, what can you say, if anything, you could have done differently to maybe change the result? Well, we, uh, you know, first thing is we could have got a stop or two on defense. I mean, they had eight possessions and scored on seven of them. We forced them to punt one time. So, um, you know, we did a decent job, you know, keeping Terrence West under wraps and, 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 and Victor had, a, had, a, had an excellent game. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we challenged Athens to beat us with his arm. And, uh, you know, he did an excellent job to his credit and Towson's coaching staff's credit, you know, uh, you know, getting some one-on-one matchups downfield and converting on third downs to extend drives. So defensively, you know, we um, you know needed to obviously do some things better to get off the field and create some uh, punts. You know, offensively, we, we I mean we were matching them for score for score, and that's what we needed to do in the game. And ultimately, our demise was you know two successive drives in the third quarter where we had some uncharacteristic you know uh, personal foul penalties and a, and a turnover that moved us out of range in, in both occasions. So uh, you know, one, once it became a 14-21 point game, we kept fighting to the last play, but it. it against a great team like that, it's going to be too much to overcome. And you talked about it offensively. You guys had four touchdowns, a pretty good offensive day. Uh, not quite where we're used to seeing this team score. Were, were you guys facing any challenges against this uh, Towson defense? Were there anything that they were doing that uh, was slowing you guys down? No, I mean, we had, we had a difficult time getting the running game going. And I mean, they're, we talked about it prior to the game. They're big, strong, and athletic up front and you know, bring a bunch of uh, you know, different line stunts and different movements. So, but, uh, you know, we were able to move the ball past, and then, you know, the, you look at the drives that stalled, the two with penalties, we were down to the 10- and 15-yard line, and we ended the game on the 5-yard line, so, and we missed two field goals. So, I mean, I, I, you know, it certainly wasn't an output day from a scoring standpoint that we liked, and we moved the ball, I would have liked to run it better, but at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter if it's 3-0 or 63-62, or to 62, you, you got to find a way to win the game. Now, Coach, let's go back to maybe what could have been the turning point in this game in the first half. It, it seemed like... Towson had maybe gotten out to a lead in that second quarter where they've been so good, and it looked like maybe you guys would struggle to get back in it. But you got a, a roughing the punter penalty. You go down, you drive, and you score. And then later you get this muff punt. 
Take me through what you're thinking when you find out you're getting the ball back at the 47 of Towson with a chance to go down and try and tie the game. Yeah, it was a great momentum swing. So you see here that we're backed up and punting it. Uh, Joey does a good job, you know, knocking it out of there to around the 50-yard line. And, you know, this kid had muffed two or three uh, up coming up into this game. So we, we were aware of that. Our guys did a great job covering down the field and getting around the ball and, you know, very opportunistic to jump on it when, uh, you know, he let it get out of his hand. So it was a great momentum shift, and I believe we – Took that down and turned it into points. So, uh, you know, you know, special teams the third of the game and, and did a good job cr- giving us two additional possessions uh, in the first half. And on that drive, it, it was 21-14 when you guys got the ball back. And a critical play on that drive is a touchdown to Sam Ajala, fourth and 13. And when you guys came into that play, you guys were sort of in no man's land between kicking a field goal and potentially going for it on fourth and 13. What was your mindset in going for it on that fourth and 13 call? You know, we, we were a little bit out of field goal range, and I'm not so sure what a what a punt would have done in terms of changing the field position, and we were having a difficult time stopping them as it was. And uh, I'm sure when you talk to Michael and Sam, you'll, they'll tell you that there was a little bit of improvisational um, action going on on their part on that play. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we, we and, and it's just as we went for the fourth and sixth earlier in the half that, you know, we didn't come all that way to, to, to play it close. We were going to call the game to win, and, you know, uh, you know fortunately that time it worked out in our favor. So you guys end up getting a tie game. You're kicking off near the end of the first half. And we thought maybe this was planned, but it was a, a, a squib kick that went off the back of one of the Towson players. Yeah. Is, is there any plan on McKay Red's part to try and drill that ball at him and get the turnover? And then what what does it mean to not get the field goal there at the end of the half to take the lead? No, zero plan. I mean, the, the, we did have a planned surprise onside later uh, in the uh, – fourth quarter that we didn't get but we were just trying to keep it on the ground and you know you know not give them an opportunity to, to, to move the field and score right there before the end of the half but we were very fortunate to hit the kid in the back and we recovered it and you know did a good job and then you know, I think it was less than a minute driving down and getting into field goal range and unfortunately we weren't able to to knock it through to to go into into the half with a lead so you guys are tied at halftime 21 21 Towson was obviously a second-half team throughout the course of this season. What do you tell your guys at halftime to prepare them for against this Towson team who is so good in the second half? Um, same thing we told them about going into the game. You know that we were going to have to, you know, for 30 minutes it was it was a tie game, and we were going to have to, you know, give great effort and execute our scheme. And you know, and it, and I, I don't want to diminish that. I mean, you have to tip your hat to Towson and give them all the credit that's due. I mean, they're a very well-coached team. Coach Ambrose does an excellent job, and obviously, you know, they've got a tremendous amount of talent on both sides of the ball. So, you know, they came out and, you know, outcoached us and outplayed us, and they earned a win. But, uh, you know, we certainly didn't help ourselves with some of the things we did. That, and like I said, you know, the margin of error in this game was going to be much smaller than Sacred Heart, and we said that throughout the week, and we didn't do enough to overcome that margin of error in, in the second half. Consequently, lost the game. Coach, finally, let's take a look at maybe two drives in the second half that, that maybe played a key role in, in the final outcome. Uh, penalties were a bit of a struggle there at the end, and that's maybe something where you can control the controllable, like you yeah. said. Looking back at that, how difficult is it to maybe see the game get out of reach in a situation like that where really you guys probably could have done something to maybe adjust that, especially a, a personal foul for uh, you know, back-talking to the referee? Yeah, um, you know, the, the, the first drive, you know, they came out and scored and we were going down to, to tie the game. And, uh, you know, we had a uh, a cut block on uh, Brian Wetzel. I, I'm not sure what the, what the uh, situation was. No, the first one was when Mason Halder had, had a, uh, a late hit 
penalty, uh, you know, after the whistle had blown, and then we, we muffed the snap. Uh, so that was the first one, and then we had an illegal cut block, and then Michael, you know, uh, voiced his opinion to the referee. But, it, but in either case, you know, you know, you often hear me talk about two types of penalties, you know, ones that are a product of the game and ones that are ones you control, and, and those are the ones that are within our control and that you hadn't seen a ton of during the year. I don't know that we had five personal fouls or, or you know, penalties like that during the season, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it came back. It did. It, it came back to bite us because one of them we could have tied the game and the other one we could have brought, brought it back within seven. So it's unacceptable. It's been addressed, and you know, I don't anticipate it will be a problem moving forward. All right, well, Coach, we'll talk about what the team's going to be doing moving forward, what you're going to be doing moving forward coming up later on in the show. But first, let's go ahead and talk with Fordham defensive coordinator David Blackwell, X's and O's. Coach, when you look back at the season that was, really you guys forced a ton of turnovers. You guys did a lot of things well, but in this last game you didn't get any turnovers defensively, and it seemed like you guys struggled to get Towson off the field. What do you look back at as, as maybe being the, the biggest – struggle in that game well I, I think you hit it is the inability to get off the field on third downs uh, we we were pretty proficient at getting them in the third down situations is uh, uh, when a team converts eight of 12 third and fourth downs obviously you've got an issue getting off the field and uh, they weren't third and shorts a lot of them were third and long situations where we let them off the hook and, and we're not able to get off the field uh, that's one thing we've done a good job of all season and uh, creating turnovers uh, we didn't get any on defense for the game and then uh, getting off the field on third down with pressures and, and, and tight coverage and uh, our inability to do that was a big difference in the game. And, Coach, obviously uh, coming into the game, one of the biggest concerns defensively was the fact that you were facing a Walter Payton Award finalist in Terrence West, the running back for Towson, comes in averaging 155 yards a game. But you guys were able to keep him relatively in check. What were you guys able to do to com- mostly contain Terrence West? Well, I mean, we made a commitment to stopping the run and, and feeling that the best opportunity for us to be successful in that game was, was to not let the running game get going. Uh, so we committed a lot of bodies to the run game and, and, and put our, a lot of pressure on our back end in coverage. And, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of daring them to throw the football throughout the game, and, and they were able to capitalize on, a, on that a little bit with, with a couple of big passes. Well, when you look at the passing game, really Peter Athens was as efficient as you can possibly get, and he was very efficient with the deep ball. But I want to look back at a third and eight play, I believe it was early in the second half, where he got a screen pass off right off the fingertip of Brett Beestick, and it seemed like that was a bit of a backbreaker because the next play they went through a 40-plus yard touchdown pass up the right sideline. So take me back to that drive, and, and was that really crushing for the defense? Uh, it was. It, the first drive coming out uh, from halftime, and, uh, you know, we got them into a third down, and I think it was a third and 11, actually. Uh, had a tackle for loss on first down, and, and uh, he got them in a third and long situation. We were in a, a weak side pressure. Uh, right at the last second, I, screen, I, I tried to put a screen alert on it, thinking that it could possibly be a screen. And uh, we uh, – we were DeAndre Slate felt it and it slipped and fell down and then Brett was just he almost tipped the ball and uh, you know he was able to get loose on a screen that I think was a you know a a huge momentum turn to start the second half Uh, we have done a good job coming out of the locker room on defense throughout the season and generating excitement for our offense and and kind of energizing them and and uh, I think this is a game where we had an opportunity to do that. Uh, had we gotten a stop right there, I think it could have energized our offense and, and maybe could have changed the outcome of that football game. And you talk about Peter Athens having, having a really good game, 13 for 15. Coming into this game, did you know that he was 
capable of doing something like that, or was he rather inconsistent? You you wanted to take your chances against Peter Athens, but did you think that he would have that type of game? Uh, no, absolutely. I, I uh, you know you don't think anyone will ever be that accurate against you but uh, honestly coming into the game he had thrown more interceptions and touchdowns uh, he was barely a 50 percent thrower on the season and uh, so we felt very comfortable uh, their top two receivers were out and so game plan wise we we made our game plan was was a Terrence West game plan we were going to stop the run we were going to force them to beat us throwing the football and and unfortunately they were able to do that and we didn't do a good job as the game went when we had to run game under control a little bit we didn't do as good a job adjusting coverage wise to help our help ourselves in the back end and and uh, and obviously that ultimately falls to me well and coach perhaps it's a little bit ironic that your run defense really gave up over 200 yards a game as the year went on but in this final game you finally got it figured out but the Pass defense was the thing that maybe let you down a little bit, and Peter Athens played so well. But for you guys to maybe get that run defense fixed against the best running back in FCS, I mean, what did that mean to you to maybe fix that that, that you maybe struggled with so much? Well, I, and I think it's uh, it's kind of a, the, the the big fix was really not giving up explosive plays in the run game, and uh, when you look at us throughout the season, uh, St. Francis obviously had one of the top running backs in the country. You know, he, he had a, you know, a big day against us. Uh, the majority, 85 to 90% of his yards came on three plays. Um, uh, you bottled him up really the rest of the game. Uh, last week against St. Francis, it was really kind of the same thing. The running back, he had two explosive runs. He had, and, he had over 115 yards on two plays uh, and, you know, ended up with 190 for the game. You know, so the rest of the game he had 70 yards. He got 100, 120 on two plays. So, you know, I think it was the ability to not give up the explosive play. Uh, we had capped the runoff pretty good all year. It was more of letting an explosive play get out that would stunt your, your stats a little bit. Uh-huh. And uh, it, we were able to contain that in that game and, and keep from giving up the explosive play. But, unfortunately, we gave up too many explosive pass plays and we, were, we weren't able to get off the field on third down. So overall, defensively, what do you take away from a game like Towson, where your defense hang in there, was hanging in there, keep, kept your team in the game? What do you take away from that performance heading into the offseason? Well, I, I think that you take away from it, you know, from our standpoint, is what could have been. Because defensively, if we get, you know, two of those drives where it's third down and 10 and we let, we let them convert, if you get two stops right there, it's 14-point swing in that game. And so then you're looking at a 35 to 28 game with our offense with the opportunity to go win the game for us. And so I, I think you, you look at the, you know, it really comes down to our inability to get off the field on third downs and giving our offense at bats. Uh, if we give our offense more opportunities, uh, then I think we have a chance to win that football game. Uh, I think you come out of it going into the offseason going, we're not far off. Uh, that's a top five team in the country. We're every bit. I mean, we, there's no question in my mind that that we we can play with and beat that football team. Uh, we can't. We we needed to play well, and obviously we didn't play well well enough defensively to win that football game. But I, I think coming out of it, uh, everyone on our football team knows that that we had an opportunity to win that football game and we let it slip away. Coach, finally, when you look at the players that you bring back, I mean, guys, Brett Bestick, DeAndre Slate, Stephen Hodge, Austin Hancock, you look at the defensive line, the entire secondary is back, the linebacking core brings DeFusco in to maybe replace Jake Rodriguez. You guys bring back the majority of your defense. How exciting is that for you? I, I think it's very exciting. Uh, you, you, We bring back uh, 
you know, in reality, uh, Nick Marino started the majority of the year at defensive end. Um, Brett, obviously, is a returning starter uh, at defensive end. Uh, DeAndre's back. Um, you know, Alex Washington started the majority of the season at nose guard. He's back. Um, you know, two of the three linebackers are back. DeFusco started against Villanova and, uh, and played very well and, and played a, a lot of football throughout the season. The entire secondary is back. So, I mean, we've got ten starters back uh, that, that were at least part-time starters and, and nine really full-time starters back. So I, uh, I think that there's a lot to build on. Uh, I think that uh, from our first season here to this year, we made a big jump. Uh, we improved – We've improved dramatically in the last two years defensively, and we made a big jump this year. If we can make that same kind of jump next year, uh, then I think we will we'll compete for a national championship. Uh, that's what it's going to take for us to compete for a national championship. Uh, we've got to make 28 points stand up. Uh, if our offense scores 28 points, we've got to be good enough defensively to make 28 points stand up in the playoffs and, uh, against good teams. And uh, we, we, we don't need to be able to have to go out and outscore everybody. And for us to... We need to make the same kind of jump we did this year. Uh, we finished uh, the regular season 36 in the nation scoring defense. If we can jump into the top 20 in the nation, things like that, then then you're that that's how you take the next step. All right, well, coach. Hopefully, we'll get to see that step being made next year with a lot of players coming back, and hopefully, you'll be back with us too. Thanks so much for all your help this season. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, for David Blackwell, let's go ahead and turn to some of the players. We have an extended inside the huddle edition. And now we move inside the huddle with quarterback Michael Niebrick and linebacker Stephen Hodge. And, Michael, we'll start with you first. Uh, you guys had a standout performance against Sacred Heart, your first playoff game at Rose Hill. You guys ended up winning that game. What was it like for you heading into Towson, round two of the FCS playoffs? Obviously, you know, that first round we kind of got all the nerves out. So, um, you know, it was good for, our, for the offensive unit to, ha to have that game going into Towson. Um, you know, going in, we had a, we had a decent week of practice. It wasn't our best week, so um, but we went in we went into Saturday confident, and uh, you know things just didn't work out for us. And now, Stephen, we as we turn to you here defensively coming into this game against Towson, obviously the big concern is Terrence West, Walter Payton Award finalist. And uh, what what were you guys able to do heading into this game to contain Terrence West? Uh, we played a lot more men to the box. We played a lot of eagle fronts, which is a few linebackers like on the line of scrimmage, but. Uh, I mean, we contained him for the most part. It was a third down that really killed us for the, most of the day. What, what were you guys going through on the first drive of this game? They end up scoring a touchdown. Well, uh, Coach Moorhead kept saying, don't be surprised by the speed of the game. And, uh, I mean, Towson was a real fast team, like I think maybe faster than uh, Temple. And they had a real snap, uh, quick uh, snap cadence, which kind of threw us off a little bit. But uh, as the game went on, it kind of like got our, our reins and controlled them a little more. Michael, we, we turn back to you here. You guys are down 7 nothing after not doing much offensively on the first drive of the game. You guys really have to answer the call and to tie this game up. And uh, we're going to talk about a, a play here to Jorge Solano. And uh, we're actually going to pull it up here, and you can talk us through what, what you see on this play. Um, basically, it's actually it's a route that we put in um, for the Towson game. Um, it, it's actually designed for um for brian to, to get it over the middle but um the guy that was playing um bam he just kind of fell off and uh left him you know in, open in the corner of the end zone and i found him and now you guys gained a lot of momentum from this did you guys feel a little bit more confident getting those jitters out on the first drive after that touchdown yeah i think so just just based on the fact that we were moving the ball um you know that second drive uh you know we found some different things that that were that were working against the, the defensive coverages that, that they were giving us, and um, you know we just we needed that drive to kind of establish momentum and uh, keep things going. Now we turn back to Stephen. You guys 
played well throughout the first half. You end up giving up 21 points. But overall, how do you think you played in the first half? Uh, we played all right. We started pretty slow, which kind of hurt us. But, uh, I mean, the offense, like, pits up a little bit by scoring points and getting some of the uh, momentum back. But, um, I mean, we didn't force any turnovers on defense, which was pretty upsetting because we led the nation in turnovers this year. Um, I guess, like, what really killed us was third down. They were, like, I think 9 for 11 on third down, which, I mean, that's, like, not acceptable. Okay, so you guys are tied 21-21 at halftime. You end up falling behind a little bit in the second half, but you guys are driving. And actually, I, I thought this was a huge turning point in the game, a, a bad snap. It was a miscommunication uh, between you and Joe Mazzara. Why don't you take us through what happens on that play? Well, basically, we just had kind of a, a double check going on. Um, you know, I tried to make a protection call, but the, the O-line kind of looked back to me and, and, you know, told me what they were doing. And, um, you know, when I looked over to the sideline, obviously there was, you know, some, some crowd noise going on. And when I looked over to the sideline, Joe, I guess, thought I, you know, thought he heard me say set go. But, um, you know, obviously I didn't. I was looking away. So, um, I, you know, I think that was a big turning point in the game. And it kind of, you know, really gave a lot of momentum to Towson and kind of, you know, was, was really the, the key factor in, in how the third quarter went. Definitely. And there's one last play that we'd like to talk to you about. And that's obviously towards the end of this game, the fourth quarter, you guys are driving down the field, and you end up finding Brian Wetzel in the end zone. Very courageous play, as Matt Rosenfeld will will say. Uh, why don't you take us through that play? Well, basically, it was just you know a deep corner for him. Um, you know, we saw the man coverage, so we checked to the play, um, and uh, you know it really wasn't something that we worked on all week. But Brian's, you know, he's he's proved how savvy of a player he is all week, and he kind of changed the route, um, you know, midway through the play and. Uh, you know, once once he made that post cut, I just kind of saw that there was nobody left in the middle, and I just kind of threw it up and, and gave it to him. All right, definitely. And you you guys end up finishing the day with 28 points. You guys unfortunately don't get the win in this game against Towson, but nothing to be too ashamed of. You have a great season, finishing the year at 12 and two. What are your final thoughts on the season? I'll start with you, Stephen. Uh, I mean, defensively, we return I think 10 of 11 starters. And, I mean, Jake's going to be a tough asset to replace, but Victor's going to do an awesome job and step in, and I think we'll be just as good next year. Turning over to you, Michael, what are your final thoughts on this year? I think it was a great year for us. Um, you know, obviously we came out of nowhere, uh, you know, in a lot of people's minds, and I think we really put put the Fordham football program on the map nationally. And, uh, you know, like uh, like Steven said, that we got a lot of kids coming back next year offensively and defensively, and, uh, you know, we're really excited to get going in the, in the spring and, um, you know, see what we can do for next year. Well, there you have it. That's for Inside the Huddle with Michael Niebrick and Stephen Hodge. We now move forward to extended edition of Inside the Huddle with Mike Watts, Sam Ajala, and Brent Bistick. Now we go Inside the Huddle with a couple of players that either already are All-Americans or are likely to be All-Americans by the time it's said and done. We have academic All-American defensive end Brett Bistick and wide receiver Sam Ajala, who after the year you had, it's really, when you look back at it, the stats, the numbers, but really the importance of the you know touchdowns you actually scored. What would it mean to you to be named an All-American at the end of this campaign? Uh, I mean, it would be an honor, of course. I mean, you always work to get the highest like accolade, and that would be one that I'd be proud of. For you as a, as a member of this team, to go 12-2 and two and have the season that you did, how much did it mean for you to get all these yards and the touchdowns, but for it all to mean so much in the grand scheme of things? I mean, that's the best thing. Just know that you're winning every week, and you doing good is helping your team win, and the accolades coming along with it is just a plus. Yeah, well, Sam, certainly a very good season for you. And Brett, really on the field, it was very easy to see all the things that you did well. But off the field, for you to be named an academic All-American, how important is that for you in terms of moving forward? I assume that's a tremendous honor. Oh, it really is. Um, 
we don't we don't really care as much about individual honors as much as team honors but off the field being able to be recognized for those those hours I spend studying and uh, getting getting uh, good grades is it, it means a lot to me so for you in this game let's look back at the Towson defeat and for you the running attack for Towson was so highly billed and, and really the run defense for you guys had allowed over 200 yards a game but you guys did a very good job of stopping Terrence West all game how can you attribute that I mean, we had a great game plan coming in. Coach Blackwell put us in a good position to uh, succeed in every play. And uh, we had a lot of their runs, we had them locked up and we had a missed tackle, which kind of which kind of uh, hurt us knowing that we were in position to make plays just about every time. Well, and the longest run that you guys allowed in this game was only 22 yards, and it was to the backup, Darius Victor. But you guys held Terrence West, who averaged uh, over 150 yards a game to just about 60 or 70 yards. So... For you guys, what do you think maybe you did specifically that maybe kept Terrence West from having such a great game and to really prevent the long running plays? Um, we just were staying in our gaps. Uh, we were very fundamentally sound. We made sure we stayed where we were supposed to be, which, so it kind of uh, eliminated holes for him to run through. And uh, the linebackers made great plays coming over the top and, and filling the gaps that were left over and able to stop them. And uh, Terrence West is a great running back, and uh, the, the freshman, uh, Victor, is also is going to be a very good running back in the years to come. Now, Brett, we talked a little bit about the run defense, but even the pass defense, it was good for much of the year, mainly because you guys brought so much pressure. What was Towson doing specifically that kept you guys from getting as much pressure on Peter Athens as maybe you've gotten on other quarterbacks that you've seen this year? I mean, we played a lot of eight, nine-man fronts. We were, we were focused. Our main focus was going into the game was to stop the run, and for the most part, we, we did do that, but um, the quarterback was able to complete a lot of passes, which... Uh, it hurts. We were in a man coverage. We were leaving our cornerbacks on an island a lot of the time, but we weren't able to get the pressure up front, and we weren't able to, to cover on the back end, so they were able to, to complete the passes they needed to. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and, and talk to someone who, in the passing game, made explosive plays, certainly, for Fordham in this game. And Let's take a look at this first play. Fordham's down 21-7, and you catch a deep ball up the left side. What did this mean in the context of the game for you to come in and get this touchdown? Uh, I mean, we never. I mean, we never thought we were out of it. I mean, we just called the play in. I mean, they rolled. We caught them in the right coverage. They rolled the corner over the um, other seam route over to Bucky, and you can, I mean, he was just in the wrong position, and I was wide open. So, thirteen touchdowns. That's a Fordham record. You break the Fordham single season receiving record in the Patriot League single season receiving record in this game, and. In terms of records, did you ever imagine that you could do things like that, especially you know in a playoff run and, and what it all meant? I mean, I never really thought about it because, I mean, during the season you're not really counting them. I mean, after a while people are telling you that you're getting close, but, I mean, you just go out there every, every game to give it your best, and the results just were in my favor this year. Now let's go ahead and look forward to another play right at the end of the half. And this was a bit of an improv on your part. Bring me through what you're doing on the backside of this that allows you to get so open. I mean, well, we knew it was fourth and long. And uh, after watching film on Towson, I knew the corners like were a little greedy. So uh, I just made a move at the first down stick, and he took one false step and touched down for him. So in terms of this game offensively, you guys really went punch for punch with Towson in the first half. What maybe didn't go so well in the second half that maybe held you guys back? Um, a lot of miscues, penalties. I mean, they killed us. They, they were in game. I mean, they hurt us in games previously, but we were able to bounce back from them. But against this team, we couldn't do it. 
and the penalties got the best of us this week. Well, let's go back and talk about a, a couple of maybe your finest moments for really both of you guys. And, Brett, let's start with you. If you could talk about one specific moment that you look back on this year, and, and luckily you got one more year to come back, but what maybe stands out to you? Um, for me, being able to go to the playoffs with all these guys that I came in with and, and even the second-round game was a great moment. For My number one moment would have to be my senior day. I got to see my mom and my brother, who's a college football player at Brown. He was able to come up that week of it was his bye weeks and I got to stand with him for my senior day and that really was was the highlight of my, my season all right well Brett certainly a good season for you and Sam when you look back at this year is there any moment you can pinpoint as maybe your finest moment um individually I I mean of course I had to say that the temple catch was really special I mean I, I check that picture out every once in a while or I have every day no, nah, not every day, not every day. I have friends, though, that, like, send it to me every once in a while. So, I mean, that was that was a big moment for me. Um, but just this team-wise, Wetzel going over 1,000, making it three 1,000-yard receivers was really big. And just knowing that we had all those weapons on this team. And we lost Koontz, but, I mean, we got four out of the five coming back. All right, well, guys, I know you have one more thing that you want to do here. I'll allow Sam, if you want to step in here and uh, just do do the handshake you've been waiting to do with Brett. You guys got it. You still got it. Joe Moorhead is coming up next. And now we sit down with Fordham football head coach Joe Moorhead for one last time on Monday Night Quarterback here this year. And, Coach, let's take a look back on the season that was because it really was an excellent one. And, and before we even talk about the season, you sort of talked about it. We can either choose to mourn the season that was or we can celebrate it. And it seems like your team has really taken to that and tried to remember how good this 12-2 and two season really was. Yeah, I mean, it, it was certainly historical and a special season. And, you know, the guys, you know, deserve all the rewards that they're getting, um, you know, individually and as a team. But... You know that the the loss of Towson is certainly a, a bitter pill to swallow, and especially when you you know you just look at the brackets now, and there's only eight teams left in the country playing, and we were you know two steps away from the, getting into the championship game. So, you know, it should sting, it should hurt, and then you know certainly we're going to use utilize it as motivation uh, for next year's team moving forward. But at the same time, it shouldn't diminish the accomplishments of this team. It'll go down as you know one of the best in the storied history of, of this program, and you know the kids earned it, and you know we're very proud of them. And you talk about it being a difficult loss to Towson, but what are the things that you take away from a game like that into the off season to prepare you guys for next year? Um, you know, t t number one, the Towson's an excellent team, and you know we did enough to get to that point. And what are the things that we're going to have to do to get past that point? And uh, you know, the, like I said, the margin of error in that game was very small. We didn't do enough to overcome it, but you know we've got a ton of guys coming back. We've got a lot of experience, and now it, you know it's not going to be enough just to get to that position. You know, it's going to be a matter of us trying to win that game now coach i mentioned it on the air but if you look at the depth chart some players are mentioned twice brian wetzler receiver and a punt returner but in total 51 of the named players on the two deep are coming back next year so for you as a coach what does that mean for a program like this to get another year with the offense another year with the defense and bring in more recruits that that maybe will up the talent level even more uh I mean, they're, they're, it's certainly very positive. We, uh, you know, to return 18 to 22 starters or 19, depending on how you look on it, I mean, that's that's very positive. But the, in our team meeting yesterday, we, we basically said that, you know, the 2013 season ended the second we got on the bus. And now we're going to be moving forward to the 2014 season. And, and the things that happened last year aren't going to have 
any bearing on what happens in the upcoming season. So they can feel, you know, complacent and entitled, or they can be hungry to finish the business that we weren't able to do against Towson. And, and I'm fairly certain it'll be the latter. Well, we had Coach Carry on last week, and we talked to him about recruiting and how important that is for you. Uh, now that's the off season. How many hours are you looking forward to uh, <laughs> recruiting and getting out there? And what's that going to be like for you? No, essentially, it'll be the next two weeks. I mean, we'll be on the road. Uh, you know, starting today and going through next week, and uh, we'll have some official visits starting at the middle of January. And you know, it's like any other thing. We're going to look for great student athletes who are a great fit for our program, and you know, can help us you know, win a Patriot League championship and compete for a national title. Coach, one of the storylines that really kind of went unnoticed for much of the year is Dan Light and what a great season he had, especially with his father passing away. And, and the whole team went up there. And a couple of players have told me that that was really a, a moment where the team came together and it, it played a major role in the season. So looking back on that and looking at what Dan Light did in light of all of this, uh, what can you say about him as a player and what it meant for the team to come together at that point in time? You know, that, you know, all the, although he doesn't wear the C or he's not a captain, I mean, Danny Light's an unquestioned leader on this team through, through, his, through his words. While sometimes there's not many of them, but they're effective and through, through his play and through his actions. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure there's a guy on this team that garners more respect than Dan Light does. And, um, you know, it's great to have him for another year, particularly, you know, coming off of the two seasons that he's had. But, you know, I know, you know, Danny and his father were very close and it was a very emotional uh, time for, for the family and, and, and for the team. And, you know, I know Dan's mom and his family have been to almost all the games, if not all of them. And, you know, I just thought it was a great sign of, sign of support for Dan and his family for, for uh, you know, his football family to, to support him in a time of need like that. Well, let's talk about this senior class. Carlton Kuntz, Jake Rodriguez, among two of the guys that are part of the senior class, a class that went 1-10 two years ago, really on the forefront of this rebuild here at Fordham. What do you think the lasting memory of this senior class will be? Yeah, the lasting memory will be that, you know, it was a small group, but uh, they packed a punch. And, uh, you know, in a two-year's time, they, they've continued to raise the bar and the expectation level of what we this program to be. And, you know, for, for Carlton and, and – uh, Jake and the rest of the guys in this class, they, they, they set the bar for, for the 2014 team and it's very high. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that they can take with them forever and they should be, be very proud of. Coach, we'll close with, with two final questions. And the first is more about your future and yep. the future of your coaching staff at Fordham. Another year where you're a finalist or a high candidate for the Eddie Robinson Award FCS Coach of the Year. You pilot the team to the best record it's had really in the modern era. So for you, what is it that you see in your future, whether it's at Fordham or elsewhere, and what can you maybe say to uh, thoughts that maybe you would go elsewhere at this point in time? You know, I, I think it's, you know, number one, it's, it's you know, the fact that you're, you're garnering interest from other schools and they're interested in you, it's, you know, it's, it's very flattering, but at the same time it's, it's, you know, because of what your kids and your coaching staff and the, and the university and the support system have done for you. So. Uh, you know, I'm very happy here at Fordham. You know, Mr. Roach and I and, uh, you know, Jeff Gray and Father McShane have an excellent relationship. And, you know, obviously we return a ton of people and there's some unfinished business to, to take care of here heading into next season. So, you know, we're just going to take it day by day and, and continue to talk to Mr. Roach and Mr. Gray and, you know, we'll go from there. Are you concerned at all about your coaching staff maybe getting purged a little bit? Guys like Andrew Briner, who is an extremely bright offensive mind, Dave Blackwell, who's they really coached at all levels of, of the Division One college football landscape. Are you worried at all about that? I, I wouldn't necessarily say worried, you know, but at the same time, you know, 
you don't want to take away opportunities from guys. You know, you never want to see a, a, an assistant coach leave for a lateral position, but if it's a, an opportunity for him to, to better his career and, you know, do something for, for his, you know, family that, that's, you know, a positive, then, you know, you certainly support those things. But, you know, that's, you know, that's just, you know, that's just a part, partly the nature of the profession. Coach, finally, one maybe, if you can boil it down, maybe the fondest memory you'll have looking back on this year, whether it's an on-field thing or something that happened off the field with this team, what what really comes to mind? I mean, it really is hard to pinpoint. I mean, you you have these kind of seasons, and, you know, it's just just a pleasure to come into work every day and work with a group that that is, uh, you know, the the biggest thing to me maybe is you talk about one specific moment on the field. I mean, the Temple thing stands out, as do – all of the other ones, but the biggest thing that will stand out to me about this uh, 2013 season is how tight these guys were as a team. That there, there truly wasn't, you know, no one cared who got the credit, offense, defense, you know, within positions. It was just a matter of, hey, what do we need to do to win a game as a team? You know, and everyone was pulling the rope in the same direction, and, you know, it was a uh, – you know, because of that, that we were able to accomplish the things we, we did this season. Well, and Coach, certainly I, I think I speak for, for Nick and our entire WFUV staff in, in thanking you and your staff and your players really for, for a wonderful season and, and for having us be a part of it. Yeah, I appreciate your, your guys' work. You guys have done a tremendous job this season, so thank you. Well, thanks, Coach, and thanks to Brett Bestick and Stephen Hodge, who joined us earlier in the show, along with Sam Ajala and Michael Niebrick. For Coach Dave Blackwell, Joe Moorhead, Nick Legerfo, and myself, our entire WFUV crew, and all the players and staff here for the Fordham football team. Thanks for allowing us to be a part of your 2013 experience. Certainly only better things to come for this Fordham program down the line. So for all of us, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next season. Take care. Ebrick alone in the backfield in the shotgun. Takes. He's looking to run up the middle. He moves to the right side. He dives for the end zone and in for the score. Touchdown, Fordham. 26-24 Rams with the extra point on the way. Niebrick checks the sideline, takes, drops back with time, evades the rush, runs up the near side, looks, he's going to throw it deep, in for Ashawa caught, touchdown! Four seconds left, Ashawa over his head for the score. This will be a 37-yard try for the win to end Fordham's perfect season. The snap is back. The ball is now blocked. It's blocked and recovered by Fordham. The game is over. The most unbelievable finish has occurred in Jack Coffey. Fordham wins 23-21.